Amen. Uh, we know that some of you are watching in the chat stream with us, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, uh, or on our church website. If you would not mind, please share with us where you are watching us from. Uh, we would love to have our digital ministers and social media influencers connect with you. Um, if you could, we are going to have our scripture reading for the morning. It comes from Proverbs, the third chapter, beginning with the first verse. And I will be reading from the New King James Version. And it gleans these words. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For the length of days and long of life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understandings and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god let us go to the lord in prayer god of our weary years god of our silent tears God who has brought us thus far along the way. Loving God, we have come together in different means, but all with the same purpose to worship and praise your holy name. So God, while we're in this worship experience, show yourself mighty, show yourself strong. Manifest yourself in these, your people, so that we know at the end of this, your name will have been glorified and your people will have been edified. God, we thank you for allowing us to come together and we thank you in advance for manifesting yourself amongst us. It is in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Oh, Lord, how excellent 
Amen. Amen. Lord, you are mighty. Let's give it up for our mighty God this morning. Give him a praise offering. Thank you, men's choir, for singing your hearts out to us uh, this morning. Happy uh, Wakanda Sunday as well uh, to all of uh, all the people that are joining us in service right now. As you can see, I'm repping my Black Panther shirt today. I'm a big Marvel fan here. Uh, and I hope everyone is doing well uh, this Sunday. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Reverend Peyton C. And I'm the children and youth pastor here at St. Paul. And this is the time in our service where we have our impact moment, where it's, it is a message that I feel like God has laid on my heart specifically for our kids. And but I also encourage the adults to pay attention too, because we all need to be kids at heart in the faith. Amen. Now, the title of this morning's uh, message, this impact moment, will be continuing uh, the journey of Jesus in his public ministry. And the title of this morning's message will be Fishing with Jesus. Fishing with Jesus. Our Bible verse today, uh, our Bible verses, I should say, come from Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 through 20. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, guys, which says this. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Guys, the bottom line or the main point I want us to get from today's message is this. Jesus can use you to share the good news. Jesus can use you to share the good news. One of my favorite parts about growing up in church was being a part of RAs. Now, RAs was short for royal ambassadors. And we were royal ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We met at the church either during the week on Wednesday or we met on Sunday nights. Yeah, we were one of those families that went to church, (laughs) even not just on Sunday mornings. And I loved going to Royal Ambassadors. And our meetings, our meetings consisted of a group that was made up of young boys um, that were a part of grades first through sixth. And so we all met together, many of them, my friends. We had a Bible verse that we had to memorize for each week that we went. And then we also had a pledge that we said together. And the pledge went something like this. We said, as a royal ambassador, I will do my best to become a well-informed, responsible follower of Christ. To have a Christ-like concern for all people. To learn about how to carry the message of Christ around the world. To work with others in sharing Christ. And to keep myself clean and healthy in mind and body. Amen. That's how much we said it, guys. I still remember that pledge. Pretty cool, right? Our leaders, Jason and Melissa, they were, they were named, would lead us in that pledge. And then after we said that pledge, we would play games. We'd talk about what our memory verse means. But then we would also read a story from our Royal Ambassadors book. And when I, I remember some of those stories from that book, um, but man, when we would read them, these stories were about missionaries. They were about missionaries or people that felt like God had called them to go live in other places across the world and to share God's message of love and forgiveness with them through Jesus. There were stories about men and women who were living in China, places like uh, China, Russia, uh, Africa, living, living in South America. And they were all trying to share their lives and to share the love of Jesus with other people. 
The families we learned about had given up their whole lives to do this one thing, to be a missionary for Jesus. Some of them had given up big time jobs where they had made a lot of money, had a big paycheck, but they felt like God was calling them to go do this. Some we would even hear about had given up a shot at professional sports even because they felt like God had called them to go out into the world and to preach the good news. When I look back on my time in RAs, guys, and learning about these men and women, I didn't often pay attention to these stories. I was ready to go outside and to play later on. But as I look back at them now, I'm actually thankful for a lot of these stories because it was during my time in Royal Ambassadors that God was showing me something. Do you remember the last part of the pledge that I said? I will learn about how to carry the message of Christ around the world. And I will work with others in sharing Christ. Our learning about these missionaries was so that we could learn about how to share Jesus with the people around us in our own communities, with our friends and with our family that we that we were surrounded by. It was in Royal Ambassadors that I learned we all each one of us are actually called to be ambassadors for Christ. Jesus can use each and every one of us to share the good news of his love and forgiveness with the world. And that's why our bottom line is Jesus can use you to share the good news. Guys, let's look at our verses again for today that talk about Jesus calling his first followers or disciples to come and share the good news with him. It says in Matthew 4, 19 through 20, again, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. After Jesus successfully wins the battle against temptation, which we talked about last week, refusing to follow Satan, Jesus then sets out ready to go to preach and teach the good news that God's love is available for everyone if they turn from their sin and lay down their lives for God. However, Jesus wanted to get some help first, guys. He wanted to find some people who could help him share this message because he didn't want to go at it alone. The Bible tells us that Jesus was walking on the shore of a sea called Galilee, just taking a stroll along a nearby beach when he looked out and he saw two brothers named Peter and Andrew. Peter and Andrew were throwing or casting their nets because they were fishermen. And they were fishermen for a living. So this is what they constantly did, guys, day in and day out. They were fishing. And so Jesus calls out to them and he says, hey, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Immediately, guys, they dropped their nets. It says immediately they dropped their nets, left what they were doing, and followed Jesus. When I first read this passage, I wondered, why why would Jesus call on specifically Andrew and Peter? Did Jesus see something in them? Did he see something in these two fishermen? I think he did. See, Jesus probably knew they were imperfect, just like you and me. But he also saw devoted and passionate men. Because as fishermen, they needed to love what they did, guys. Because there would be days that they would go out on the sea and they may not catch anything. Then there would be other days where they'd catch a whole bunch of fish. But either way, they kept going out to sea. I also think that when Andrew and Peter saw Jesus and they heard him call out to them, there must have been something special about Jesus's invitation to them. Jesus was inviting them to be a part of teaching and preaching to the world. I feel like they could hear the love in Jesus's voice as if he was saying, hey, this is awesome. Come be a part of this. Come be a part of what I am doing. 
I think they had already heard some stories about Jesus in other parts of the gospel. Guys, it tells us that that Peter and Andrew had already heard about Jesus and they had followed him. But man, I think when they heard him this time, it was something special that made them want to drop what they were doing and to really pursue this this mission to teach others, to teach others with the Son of God. What an invitation. But wait, man, Jesus is saying something else to them. He says, hey, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. Now, what does that mean? Now, when I read that, how to to fish for people. Now, Jesus doesn't literally mean, guys, that he's going to teach them how to throw nets on people, to cast nets onto people, or to to, uh, put a worm on a hook and to throw it towards people, trying to hook them with it, right? That would hurt. Jesus was telling Andrew and Peter instead that if they followed him, he would show them that they could learn from him. He would show them, man, how to effectively share the message of God's kingdom, of his love and his forgiveness with the world. And you know what? Guys, Jesus calls every Christian to lay their life down and to follow him just like he called Simon, uh, called Simon, also called Peter and Andrew. Some of us may be the only Jesus that people see in this world. And it's why this morning, guys, I want us to understand and to know that it's by the grace of God that Jesus calls you too to share his love with the world Jesus can use your gifts, your talents, your passions, everything that you have to reach people with his love. Jesus is calling out to you right now. So I don't know who's watching, but I want to say that he's calling you. He's calling, hey, TJ, hey, Aaron, hey, Cheris, hey, hey, Journey, hey, Sadat, hey, Isaac. He's calling all of you, saying, come, follow me. Let's work together to make sure the world knows my love. Jesus can use you guys, and he can use you to share the good news. Will you bow your head with me in prayer? Dear Lord, humbly come before you right now. I thank you so much, God, for moments like these where we can learn about Jesus calling the first disciples We can learn, God, that Jesus calls not just them, but he calls us too to share his love with the world. God, I pray that you would keep, keep our love, keep your love on our hearts, God, as we set out, as we try to love the people around us, our friends and our family. Man, God, give us the strength, give us the energy to do so. Give us the words when we don't have them. Help us to love others, God, because you first loved us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all. Wherever you are, can you help me to celebrate this wonderful word that Peyton has given as far as our children and youth are concerned? Amen. Thank you, Reverend C., for uh, your wonderful insights. to our young people as well as to the rest of us that sit at your feet. Well, good morning. It is Wakanda Sunday. Uh, This is one of those Sundays that I I love uh, to celebrate here at St. Paul as uh, for those of us of African descent, we uh, come together, we put on African attire. And of course, even though we don't have a full church, 
uh, we are able to still, wherever we are, uh, to celebrate what God continues to do as far as our livelihood is concerned, as well as others who join us in this matter. Before I share with you uh, several observations, we have a baby dedication that I want to um, bring before you. And uh, it is uh, Savan uh, Amos Rice. Did I say that right, Gloria? Savan. Um, Savan is a miracle baby. Savan is a miracle baby. Uh, Savan was born prematurely at uh, one pound and 14 ounces. And if you see him right now, I'm trying to snatch his white suit off of him. Amen. He's a sharp brother today. And so we want to dedicate him back to the Lord. And uh, I'm going to ask that Gloria would come. Uh, her husband was not able to join her this morning. But we're going to dedicate him as far as back to the Lord is concerned. If you would come, come right here, just for a moment, and face me, and face me. Amen. I know that um, your husband wasn't able to to join you this morning, but we pray that he is watching. And even as he watch, um, hey, Savan, how you doing? All right. Um, he's a miracle, and I know that you know that he is a miracle. The reason that. Um, parents dedicate their children is because is because yeah, just let him down he, he, hey Savan 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 come here Savan alright alright um, the reason that we dedicate children is because it is our hope and prayer that this child will come to the saving grace of who Jesus Christ is and in order for that to happen, it is also our hope and prayer that they grow up in the church uh, to one day uh, accept that knowledge. I want to right now give you this charge. Now, I want to give you this charge and to your husband that you will love him unconditionally. You will pray for him, that you will bring him to church and that uh, he see you being connected to the church so that one day he will follow your example. So Gloria, do you promise to love Savan unconditionally, pray for him and be an example of God's grace in his life? And so say I do. I do. Amen. I'm going to ask that um, those that are here, y'all are representing the church at large as far as St. Paul is concerned. So would you stand at this time? And to this present congregation, do you promise to pray for these parents and this child? And be an example of God's grace and hope. If so, say we do. Amen. At this time, we're going to pray for Savon Amos and uh, lift him up in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come right now in the name of your son, Jesus, and we lift up Savon Amos Rice. Thank you for his life, God. Thank you for how you have brought him, not a long way, but all the way. Continue to keep him in your sovereign care, O oh God, that he will one day come to the saving knowledge of who you are in the pardon of his sin. Strengthen, O oh God, his parents 
and allow for them to uh, have a life that is of such that he will see you in them and want to know you even better. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Amen. Savon Amos, we dedicate you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. All right. Gloria, here is his certificate. And I'm glad I ate my oatmeal this morning because he does not feel like he was born prematurely. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise for Savan. Amen. 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 As we move forward, as far as our worship experience, there are um, several um, observations I want to share with you this morning. The first one, which is very key for us this week, is that we will be having a COVID vaccination here at the church. That COVID vaccination is going to take place on March the 4th from 8 to 2.30 p.m. Now, I want you to hear me and hear me well. This COVID vaccination is the second shot for those who were vaccinated on February the 4th. So if you were vaccinated on February the 4th, uh, you need to come back to this church and get your second Moderna shot. It's going to be from 8 to 2.30 p.m. We will be doing the drive-through. As far as that's concerned for your shot, you need to have your card with you so that they can make notation on that. Amen? Y'all hear me? This is the second vaccination for those who were vaccinated on February the 4th. Um, Come this Thursday and get your second vaccination. Also, we want to uh, thank our food pantry ministry. We served 214 families this past week. And again, I just want to give major kudos to um, Felicia Knowles and her group. Um, We have been a blessing to a lot of people. At this time, we're going to be making a shift from doing it every week to going bi-weekly starting this week. So uh, instead of us doing it every week, we're going to be doing it twice a month now or bi-weekly. Uh, they've been going strong ever since last April, and uh, I want to thank our entire food pantry ministry, uh, the volunteers. This is a shift that we are making as hopefully and prayerfully efforts continue to um, become better as far as this pandemic is concerned. I also want to thank Reverend Kelly Baptist for leading devotional and prayer for the uh, Quick 15 this past Wednesday. Also want to thank uh, Minister Jeffrey Stevenson, who moderated this month's Kaya discussion with um, Asia and Shantez David Davis and Christy and Quincy Lee and Dr. Sherelle Fuller. It was a wonderful Kaya uh, celebration. And so I want to thank them for doing a wonderful job. 
Um, we will not be doing a monthly church check-in on tomorrow because I am pre-committed to um, uh, something at that same time. And so we will share with you a little bit later. Um, I want to see, Deborah. do we have our March Gladness video ready to go or should I just share an announcement? All right. So I want you all to check out what we got coming through as far as our March Gladness uh, revival is concerned. And then I will come back with prayer concerns and requests. and say what you want to say but can I tell you the best witness of God's work in you is when you just keep living because they're assuming that you're going to die anyhow and the fact you're still alive is your greatest testimony do I got it in it and encourage your neighbor and tell them don't let fear trump your faith but let faith trump your fear the hellishness of your situation this is still the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it you've got to learn to shout back at life and say I know the burdens are heavy but it's still the day I know the nights are dark but it's still the day you don't want to miss you don't want to miss our March Gladness 2021 and we want you to mark your calendars Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, March the 16th through the 18th. Uh, three powerful preachers uh, from the national scene, Dr. Charles Goodman, Dr. Gina Stewart, and Dr. Maurice Watson will be blessing us each and every night as far as the word is concerned. So we look forward as far as our March gladness is concerned. As we move forward, as far as... Um, the rest of my observations, I just want to mention that we have <clears throat> small groups here at St. Paul. Easter Realities is the name of our next small group. And this is going to be a five-session group study to help people prepare for Resurrection Sunday. If you want to sign up, you can go to our iConnect banister, banner rather, uh, at stpaul.church slash iConnect or contact Reverend Brenda Richardson, and she can give you further information. <clears throat> it is prayer time. It is prayer time. And as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, there are several prayer concerns that I want to share with you. One, of course, is rather uh, tragic as far as our church family is concerned. Brother Joel Odom um, died last week, and we want to lift up his family. And uh, he has, of course, a lot of connections here at St. Paul. Brother Joel Oldham uh, was a young man who ran for mayor as well as sought um, the empty seat as far as city council is concerned. He had uh, such a civic mindedness about himself and he would definitely be missed. Uh, so young and I have to say gone too soon. His homegoing service is uh, set to take place on this Saturday at noon. And so we want to lift up uh, his father, his uh, grandmother, and his uncles uh, who are part of our congregation. The family of Brother Howard Hunter, the father of uh, disciple Melinda Hunter, 
his services um, were this Friday at Richmond Funeral Home here in Charlotte. Uh, the family of uh, Sister Eugenia Sherman Lattimore, the aunt of Dr. Monica Redman, her services took place yesterday at Book at Valley Brook Baptist Church in Pelzer, South Carolina. The family of Brother Jimmy Harrison, the brother of disciple Deborah Harrison, his services took place yesterday at King's Funeral Home in Charlotte. And the family of Sister Disciple Charlene Anderson, the uh, wife of Disciple Augustus Anderson and, Mich and the mother of Michelle Anderson, her services were this past Wednesday here at St. Paul. And then we want to lift up the family of Sister Johnny Mae Cunningham, the mother of Brother Oscar Walker. Um, her services were this past Saturday in West Memphis, Arkansas. We continue to lift up uh, those who are hospitalized, uh, Brother Joe Johnson and Denise Smith and Shamisha Wilson. Uh, we continue to lift up our brothers and sisters who are dealing with uh, hospitalization or having surgery or dealing with special illnesses. You will see names that are scrolling up and down the screen. And we pray that you will govern yourselves accordingly as far as that's concerned. I'm going to ask that Reverend Marco McNeil will come. He will take us to the throne of grace as we prepare uh, to pray for our brothers and sisters. Let us go to God in prayer. Loving God, creator of every good and perfect gift. A few of your children have gathered here to thank you for everything that you have done for us through us. Um, but God, we come to you as broken vessels asking you to create in us a clean heart and renew in us a right spirit. Loving God, the concerns are many, but we know that you hold us and hold every one of our concerns in the power of your mighty hand. So God, we ask now that you continue to wrap your loving arms around us. You have sought us through danger seen and unseen. You have sought, you have watched us through toils and snares. So God, we just ask that you continue to keep us, continue to order our steps so that at the end of the day, we can look unto you and know that we have done our duty to be a better citizen, to be a better person, and to be a better believer and shower of what you have done through us. Now, God, we know that you know all the names that have been called. We know that you know the concerns that have been spoken and unspoken. So God, right now, we just ask that you move in those situations. So you show yourself strong so that we can mend and heal bodies so that we can mend broken fences and broken hearts so that everything that comes together, we will always be able to look back and say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? God, we thank you. We love you. We trust you and adore you. So now we ask God, as I close this prayer to loose shackles, break chains, set the captives free. For we know, God, that only you can do that. And we ask this in your darling son, Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend McNeil. And we pray that uh, this prayer is being felt as far as our congregation and their loved ones are concerned. Amen. Well, beloved, it is time to give. It is time to give. It is time to give. And what a wonderful opportunity for you and I to partner with God as far as the work of God is concerned. And one of the best ways that you and I can do that 
is through our giving. It is through our giving that you and I become most like God. And so as we prepare to give right now, here at the St. Paul Church, there are three significant ways that you can give. The first one is you can mail your check or money order to the church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Second way you can uh, uh, give is you can bring your check, money order, or cash to the church. Call the church first at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. We will place it in a safe and make sure it gets counted in the following, on the following Sunday. You can give also through our uh, website. And if you would, just follow the ACS uh, Church Life Giving Prompts and give there. Or you can give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give as far as the church is concerned. So I want you to do me a favor. Wherever you are right now, uh, if you have already given, I just want you to raise your right hand. If you are getting ready to give, take your uh, smart device, place it in your right hand, and we want to give God what's right, not what's left, and let's give unto the Lord at this time. <clears throat> God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as generosity and graciousness are concerned. Thank you, God, for the wonderful ability to be able to be a blessing and to share in your word, your witness, and your work. God, if you would, take these gifts of ours and bless them in a miraculous, Godful way. Because, God, we believe in sowing and reaping. We believe in practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings. And so, God, as we obey your word, as we move in faith, bless us accordingly. It is in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Amen. If you would, go ahead and give as far as this moment is concerned. And prior to our brothers blessing us with the Simonic selection, I want to introduce the preacher for this hour. He is uh, one of my favorite preachers in my office uh, someone years ago gave me a picture of four of my pastoral and preaching influences. At the top is the late Reverend Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor. To the left is Dr. Charles Edward Booth. The late Dr. Charles Edward Booth. To the right is the late Dr. Wyatt T. Walker. And at the bottom of that cross is Reverend Dr. William Watley. Uh, those men have had such an impact upon my pastoral ministry as well as my personal life, and I am more than honored to present him as our preacher this morning. Dr. Wadley is the senior pastor of the St. Philip's uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a preacher without peer, and his homiletical prowess has allowed for him to be a three-time either preacher or lecturer at the famous Hampton University uh, Ministers Conference. Um, he has also preached for the Church of God in Christ at their annual International Holy Convocation. And they don't let just anybody share as far as their convocation is concerned. He has preached uh, for Bishop T.D. Jakes, 
their uh, men's conference. He has preached on all the continents uh, of the world with the exception of Australia. He is um, a visiting professor right now at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. He is leading a doctoral group. He is a prolific author, having written or edited at least nearly 30 books. And of course, he has been a blessing here at St. Paul Church as he has led our board of directors as well as staff in a leadership retreat. I am humbled and honored that he allows for me to hang out in his orbit. He's a native of St. Louis, Missouri, and having graduated from St. Louis University, got his MDiv from uh, ITC, uh, got a Master of Philosophy and his PhD from Columbia University, and he holds an honorary degree, the Doctor of Divinity from Payne Theological Seminary, as well as other places. So I ask that you all will pray for him, pray with him as he prepares to bring us the preach word after our brothers bless us with song to prepare us for such a moment. Amen. Ah uh... 
competent to serve in the king's palace. They were to be taught the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the royal rations of food and wine. They were to be educated for three years so that at the end of that time they could be stationed in the king's court. Among them were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah from the tribe of Judah. The palace master gave them other names. Daniel he called Belshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. And Azariah he called Abednego. For the next few minutes, I want to uh, talk from the topic. You are more than the names you are called and the titles you are given. Fatso, ugly, trash, dumb, crackhead, nigger, nigger lover, honky, copper, burrhead, jailbird, weak, faggot, just like your daddy, you wasn't any good, just like your mama, she wasn't any good either. I, I, I begin these sermons sermon calling these very mean-spirited and a fish of fish offensive names not, not because I'm trying to be dramatic or provocative and I do not intend to disrespect my colleague Dr. Scott or his wife, my sister in Christ, or his child, whom I regard as one of my adopted grandchildren. And I do not intend to disrespect those of you who are members of this great church whom I deeply admire. I, I, I began this sermon by calling some of these very offensive names for one reason and one reason only. At some point in our lives, every one of us will be called either by one of those names or one of, or another name that deeply hurts us and wounds us. And even though people may not call us by those names, they will treat us as if they believe we are those names. I uh, moved to Atlanta after pastoring in Newark, New Jersey for 28 years. I've been in Atlanta now nine years. And I have reached the conclusion that uh, the only difference between uh, a southern 
white and a northern white is that a northern white will never call you a nigger. A southern white will. But they will both treat you the same way. At the end of the day, you will not get the job. At the end of the day, the loan will not be approved. If I can quote one of the great uh, cinematic production Star Wars in uh, in the in one of the in one of the, the Force Awakens, this character Maul says, "When you live long enough, you can see the same eyes in different people." And so even though some people may not call us out of our names, if we look into their eyes, we can see how they really feel about us. And, and like, like, like many of you, I was taught the little rhyme when I was growing up, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words and names will never hurt me. Well, that may be true with a physical wound, but some of us are aware that words matter, names matter, and, 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 that, and that some names can hurt us long after a physical wound has been healed. And in our weak moments, or the moments of our failure, we can wake up in the middle of the night, the first thing in the morning, and remember that somebody said we were just, uh, or that we would never be anything but and, and, and some of us have internalized certain names so much that we become disagreeable and hard to get along with because the people who called us those names may be out of touch. They even may be dead and buried. And, and, and so we become living terrors to people who are around us, who are trying to even love us because we still carry an unhealed wound from the name that we were called. The, the names we are called and the titles that we are given can make become self-fulfilling prophecies because many of us are naive enough to believe that if certain people say, if it's been researched, if we have been rejected by a certain group that we wanted to be accepted by, if certain sanctimonious Knows up in the air church people look down upon us if a certain sorority or 
fraternity or social group does not accept us, then what others said about us just may be true. If if we don't have a self, a healthy self-image, then 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 certain experiences uh, can can feed into any inadequacies that we may not even know we had. About forty years ago. I was president of Paul Quinn College, and uh, I was the youngest college president in the nation at the age of uh, 33. I uh, lost that job. I was fired from that job because my father was a strong man, and he raised me to be one. And my mother and my grandmama told me that uh, I had a brain and that I was to use it. And I was not to take down uh, uh, or, or accept stupidity or wrong, no matter who it came from. When I was called into a ministry, the Lord get, did not give me a kiss up and a brown nosing anointing. And, and so when I challenged some things that I knew were wrong or that were improper or that were not befitting me as a college president, I, uh, my contract was renewed and I was let go from that job. And, and what hit me in that moment was that for the first time in my life, uh, I didn't have a job and I did not know who I was apart from a title and, and, and a job. If I said that I was a preacher and people asked me the name of the church, I, I couldn't give them one. If I, uh, if I said I was a PhD and they asked me what school I taught that, I couldn't give them one. I had not written any books, so I could not claim to be an author. I was not engaged in any research, so I was not an advanced fellow. And, and since I did not have money to provide for my family and had to go on public assistance, I didn't know who I was as a husband or a father who couldn't take care of his children. And so for a moment, I struggled with an understanding of who I was apart from the titles by which I had identified myself and who I was apart from a job description. At some point in all of our lives, each of us will have an experience 
that can challenge us and wreak havoc in terms of our own self-perception if we don't understand who we are apart from the names we are called and and the titles we are given. How do we develop healthy self-understanding that is distinct from how others perceive us or the names that we are called. I, I lift up before you this passage of scripture that serves as our text for today. When, when Daniel and his companions were taken to Babylon from their Judean heritage, they were given names by their oppressors. Because people will give you names by which they identify you to control you. And so Daniel was given the name of Belshazzar, which was the name of a Babylonian god. Because the Babylonians believed that if they were given Babylonian names, they would forget their heritage and who they were called to be. But, but, but through all of the book of Daniel, uh, he, he, he never referred to himself as Belshazzar. He consistently referred to himself as Daniel. Even though there were times that his enemies and the kings called him Belshazzar, Daniel continued to call himself by the name of his heritage because Daniel means God is my judge. And, and when, when you are under attack, you, 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 you've got to know the names of your heritage. And that's why I always tell parents, be careful about what you name your children. Because names matter, lest you uh, put a curse on them. If you can't spell it, if you can't hardly pronounce it, if you really don't know what it means, be careful about what you name your child, lest they grow up in confusion. The, the, the name Daniel, pointed out, means God is my judge. And, and, and so no matter what happened to Daniel, no matter how others uh, classified him or saw him, Daniel knew that God was his judge. And, and so um, uh, that's what you've got to understand, that God is your judge, that no matter who likes you, who doesn't like you, God is your judge. No matter who uh, says uh, that you can't make it and that you are a failure, 
You have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is your judge. And, and if a certain group doesn't uh, accept you, God is your judge. That whether you have money that others have and can go where they can uh, go, you have to know that God is my judge. And so in the morning when you wake up, not knowing what you're going to read or hear about you, you wake up and say, the devil is a liar. God is my judge. No matter what they say about me on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, or any face anything else, God is my judge. Even if I fall and I fail, make mistakes, God is my judge. And if if, if I become in bondage to something, uh, God is still my judge. You 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 you've got to know who you are. You are the creation of an all-wise, almighty, and perfect God who loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to down the cross one day on a hill called Calvary to save you. And, 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 and that Savior is not simply your judge, he's your redeemer. And, and, and that when he went to glory, he gifted you with the presence of the all-abiding God known as the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit who lives in you even now is, uh, is your judge. One, one, one of the ways that Daniel was convinced of who he was was that every day he would go up to his upper room three times a day open his windows toward Jerusalem and uh, and call on the name of the Lord that 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 to understand who you are we, we, we need to spend less time on Facebook and more time in the presence of God when you spend time in the presence of God God has a way of giving you peace and a new self-understanding that you do belong to him and that he is your judge. And then, and, and then Daniel knew that no matter what others called him, he still uh, had what he had. You, you need to remember that no matter how others perceive you, their perception does not uh, take away from your gifting. That, that, that you still know what you know and you still have what you have. That has been our experience as a people. Doc Kimbrough was right when he points out, call him a shoeshine boy and uh, a James Brown emerges, call him Bantu and Kalfa and banish him to an island and Nelson Mandela emerges, call him an ex-con 
and Malcolm X comes forth. Call them blind as bats and Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder come forth. Laugh at her selling sweet potato pies and make fun of how she looks in her efforts to start a school and Mary McLeod Bethune comes forth. Tell him that his fingers and his toes will fall off in cold war weather and he becomes Matthew Henson. Gossip about the sexual and physical abuse they've been subjected to and they become Maya Angelou and Oprah Winfrey. Call her ugly and she becomes Cicely Tyson. Tell her that she can't write and she becomes Alice Walker. Call him a stammerer and a stutterer and James Earl Jones emerges. Call him a slow learner and he becomes uh, Benjamin Mays. Call him uh, ignorant and steal his history and Carter G. Woodson emerges. Spit on him and call him ignorant and he becomes Marcus Garvey. Call him a communist, try to kill him, his dreams, and he becomes Martin Luther King. And to this group I would add, tell them that they are physically shaped and built the wrong way and they become Venus and Serena Williams. Call him a dishwasher and he becomes Sidney Poitier. Tell him that he does not know how to fry potatoes and he becomes George Crumb, who invented the potato chips. Tell them that he can't enter the front door and has to use the back door and he becomes Thurgood Marshall. Call him a failure because he did not play well enough to make his high school basketball team and he becomes Michael Jordan. Laugh at his list and call him a failure because he spent 30 years in a storefront in West Virginia and Bishop T.D. Jakes emerges. Call her an unwed mother and divorcee and she becomes Kathy Hughes, the founder of Radio One, whose economic worth is estimated at $460 million. Laugh at the fact that he was born into a family of Louisiana sharecroppers and he becomes Dr. Andrew Bremer, the first African-American to serve as a governor of the Federal Reserve Board. Call him nigger boy, tell him he does not belong in professional sports and he becomes Jackie Robinson. Call him uppity and that he is getting out of his place and you have Barack Obama. Call her an ape and she becomes the intelligent, statuesque, and articulate Michelle Obama Esquire who defines, redefines, and reimages beauty. Call her a half-breed because she had an East Indian mother and a Jamaican father. And call her an angry black woman because of her failure to become an, the President of the United States. And you have Kamala Harris, the first woman, the first African American and Asian Vice President of the United States. Together, all of those names that I've called 
where female become living paradigms and archetypes of the black beauty that Lou Latimer, Louis Latimer, the black assistant of Thomas Edison wrote about when he said that others boast of maidens fair of eyes of blue and golden hair. My heart like needles ever true turns to the maid of Evan Hugh. I love her form of matchless grace, the dark brown beauty of her face, her lips that speak of love's delight, her eyes that gleam as stars at night, or marble Venus let them rage, who sets the fashions of the age, each to his taste, but as for me, my Venus shall be ebony. We, we, we come to an understanding of who we are. We define ourselves in terms of Almighty God. And we come to an understanding of who we are. We realize that, uh, that, 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 that we have what we have. No matter what people say about us. And then we come to an understanding of who we are. When we understand for a fact that God and God alone is truly, uh, has the last word over our destiny. That's what it means when we say that he's our judge. When we redefine ourselves in terms of who God is, see ourselves as God's child, we understand that no matter what people say, God has the last word over our destiny. For now, are we the sons and daughters of God? And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so because God has the last word over our destiny, here, here Martin Luther King, on the night before he died, as he faced the nadir of his career, King who went to Memphis, was not the King which stood in the uh, shadows of the Lincoln Memorial on famous watch, March on Washington. Since that time, he had a new generation of militants who had grown weary of, uh, of being beaten and violence had risen against him since that time. He had offended powerful U.S. president because of his opposition to the Vietnam War. Since that time, uh, that day of the March on Washington, civil rights colleagues, some of them had turned their back on him, and people wondered uh, if he could still lead a nonviolent march. And when he went to Memphis, there was a riot that broke out in the midst of a demonstration. 
But because he knew that that, that is God was in his life was in the hands of God. He could say we've got some difficult days. But it really doesn't matter because I just want to do God's will. God has taken me up to the mountaintop and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. And I may not get there with you, but know that we as a people will get to the promised land because my eyes have seen the glory. You got to know that beyond what they call you, that your life is in the hands of Almighty God. He, he was born, when he was born, his mother was not married to his father. And, and so they, 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 they called him illegitimate. And since he wasn't raised in Jerusalem, and but raised in Nazareth, they said he was ghetto. When he answered the call as the eldest son and left his mother and his younger brothers when they figured it was his responsibility to take care of him, they called him shiftless and irresponsible because he was baptized by a non-traditional preacher who was beheaded by the king. They called him a jackleg because he called a group of plain, non-collegiate street friends to be his followers. They called him a gang leader and because the religious leadership did not accept him. Uh, they called him a demon. And because large crowds followed him, the government called him an insurrectionist. And because compromised religion uh, made an agreement with uh, crooked politicians, they planned for his demise. They hung him high and stretched him wide. And his family stood afar and his friends, assuming him to be a failure, were afraid to own him. But because God knew who he was as the good shepherd, the living water, the bread of life, the true vine, the way, the truth, and the life, and the resurrection and the life. God raised him early one Sunday morning. God has given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ alone is Lord to the glory of God the Father when you know who you are and when you know whose you are then uh, you, you, you can say like our ancestors used to say 
that you can call me whatever you want to. I got a new name over in glory. And it's mine, it's mine, all mine. I'm not addicted. I'm anointed. I'm not arrogant. I'm assured. I'm not blue gum. I'm bountiful. I'm not a coon. I'm a conqueror. I'm not a crackhead. I'm courageous. I'm not crazy. I'm converted and committed. I'm not a disgrace. I'm determined. I'm not a divorcee. I'm desirable. I'm not dumb. I'm delivered. I'm not an ex-con. I'm excellent. I'm not a faggot. I'm focused. I'm not fatso. I'm fearless. I'm not a fool. I'm faithful. I'm not a failure. I'm a fighter. I'm not a half-breed. I'm a holy bold. I'm not a nigger. I'm neat. Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And every part of me is fitly joined together in Christ. I'm not a porch monkey. I'm positioned for movement. I'm not a punk. I'm powerful. I'm not a reject. I'm redeemed. I'm not a slut. I'm a saint. I'm not strange. I'm steadfast. I'm not uppity. I am upward bound. I'm not ugly, I'm unashamed. I'm not useless, I am useful and overflowing. I'm not a whore, I'm a winner. I'm not a wimp, I'm a warrior. I got a new name. Over in glory. And it's mine, it's mine. Oh mine. Let us pray. God, we thank you that we are more than the names we are called. We are thankful that you have a name for us that only you can give and that only you can bestow. And we are thankful that we belong to you. And we pray, oh God, that in the midst of all that is happening around us, we will remember who we are in you, how far we can go in you. And we thank you for how you've gifted us to walk in the vision that you have for our lives that is greater than any vision we can have for ourselves or others can have for us. Now, God, we pray that at the end of this service, those of us who are not saved don't have a relationship with you might make a decision to live for you. And those who need a church home make a decision to join this one even now. Have your way, God. Bless to suit yourself. And whatever you do, we'll be careful to say that Jesus did it because in his mighty name, do we ask it all, and that with thanksgiving. Amen. Wherever you are right now, can you give God praise and just celebrate this powerful word that the Reverend Dr. William D. Watley has blessed us with? That was just absolutely incredible. 
And um, he is, of course, one of my favorite preachers. And um, I, I have to admit, I wish he was here to, to do that live because I probably would have been hitting him in his back and running around the church. Um, that, that was just such a powerful, prolific, and prophetic word. We thank you, Dr. Wadley, uh, for you taking time out and being intentional as far as sharing a word that is befitting as far as this Sunday is concerned. He has led us in prayer, but I want to do something a little bit more intentional because uh, I want you to know that even though the doors of the sanctuary might be closed and we're limited as far as our physical space at 1401 Allen Street, the church continues to move on. The work of the church continues to go on. We continue to receive people to be a part of our church, and we have people who are watching us across the width and breadth of this land. Some folks who have now connected with us may never step foot in 1401 Allen Street, but they now consider themselves to be part of the tribe here at St. Paul. And so I want you to know that we are receiving people from across the width and breadth of this land. And if you're watching us right now, I want to lead you in just a short prayer, a prayer of a new life, a prayer of salvation, a prayer of connection. And if this prayer is for you, if it connects with you, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things, and then we're going to have the benediction. So if you would, wherever you are right now, bow your head and repeat after me. God, I thank you that I am not what people call me, but I am who you say I am. I come to you because you say I am forgiven. You say I can be redeemed. I want to thank you for Jesus Christ dying for my sins. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Save me from my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Make me the person you want me to be. In the name of Jesus, I claim the gift of salvation. In his name, I pray, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head, in your heart, your mind, in your spirit, I want you to know that salvation is yours. You're not saved by your works. You're not saved by coming to church. You're not saved by how often you read your Bible. You're not saved by how much money you give. You are saved based upon your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you prayed this prayer and you meant this prayer sincerely, salvation is yours. Somebody say, is it really that easy? It really is. It really is. But, but salvation is just the door. It, it's the opening. It, it, it is the, it's the bottom floor. God has so much for you. God desires so much for you. And so I want you to, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer, and you want to connect with the church, because guess what? We are not called to live this life by ourselves. If you are on YouTube, just email at connect at spbcnc.org. If you're on Facebook or you're on the website, 
Just type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will comment, let you know what the next steps you need to do to connect with us here at St. Paul. If you're listening to us on the phone, email at connect to spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309 and leave your number and someone will get back in touch with you. That's to be saved. And we will let you know when we can baptize you and get you connected as far as church is concerned. Somebody may say, well, listen, I'm already saved, but I want to... Uh, claim St. Paul as my church home well guess what follow the same directions just type in connect if you're watching us on Facebook or the website or email us at connect at spbcnc.org and someone will get in touch with you to let you know what the next steps are someone may be watching us right now you moved to the Charlotte area and of course we're not in the physical church But I want you to know you can be part of the church here at St. Paul. And we would love to have you. I would love to be your pastor. Uh, We have men and women that would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. We would love for you to be a part of this fold. So if you would, right now, just start moving those fingers. Make that phone call. Send that email. Let us know that you want to connect with us. And I guarantee that by 5 o'clock tomorrow, someone would have reached out if we have the correct information. Someone would have reached out to you to let you know what your next steps need to be. Amen. Were you all blessed by that word? If so, would you give God praise? Amen. Amen. I see so many of our folks. We're getting ready to have the benediction. I see so many of our folks that are um, uh, in their... Uh, attire. I see the Alexanders. I see Sister Gwendolyn Garnett. Uh, I see uh, Deacon Brenda Kennedy. I see uh, the Stokes. Uh, Pierre has on her attire. I see Sister Young. I sound like the teacher in Rumper Room, don't I? Amen. Amen. It is so good to see you all. We thank God for you all. Can you all give God praise for our men who have blessed us? Amen. Amen. Here is the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. To only wise God be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. And the people of God said, amen. Listen, do me this favor. Continue to wash your hands. Practice social distancing. Wear your mask. We're one day closer to coming back in. But until then, please take care of yourselves. And remember, this Thursday, the second vaccination for those who were vaccinated on February the 4th. Listen, God bless you all. Have a smile upon you. I love you, but God loves you even more. See you all a little bit later. Amen. Amen. Take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves.